Where speakers share tips from the road to make the platform explode, this is the Key 5 Podcast with your host, Robert Ferguson. Welcome to the Key 5 Podcast for speakers by speakers. For show notes and to get free stuff, go to key5podcast.com. Today, we're talking with Kevin Snyder, a professional speaker author, speaker coach, plus owner of a publishing company. He's also a skydiver, dog lover, pianist, and karaoke enthusiast. Let's get started. Kevin, tell us, uh, how did you get started in the speaking business uh, professionally? Well, growing up, I'd always been a leadership junkie. In fact, I had read the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, when I was in eighth grade. And I read it three times over. So when I went to college, uh, and, and even when I graduated, I didn't have professional speaker on my mindset. But what I did love was sharing leadership content. When I got my first job, the one thing that my boss told me to improve on during my performance review was my speaking. And that's when I actually took it upon myself. I started reading some books. I got some, some tapes, uh, Zig Ziglar, Les Brown. And once I watched some of these masters, it it helped me realize, wow, I, I've actually got similar stories. They, uh, they obviously deliver them much better. And the next couple of years, I just developed a fun leadership workshop that I did with my students working out of college. And that was really the, the beginning of it all. Um, one time at a conference, I added a little personal story about how I was on The Price is Right, and that was my dream as a kid and how I won. And after that presentation, I had a line of students asking me to come speak at their college campus. And oh. yeah, the first time I, I, I mean, it just, it overwhelmed me. I thought, oh my gosh. And so a couple times they even asked, you know, what my fee was. And that's when I realized you can get paid for this. <laughs> so that's, that's how it started, but that was about 15 years ago. So. Wow. Was it because you were authentic or was it because it was the price is right? They were more interested. Do you think? I think a little bit of both. You know, I, I think definitely a little bit of both. I think that you know, a good story brings people in. It's engaging. But also a signature story is what a speaker is really known for. And ultimately, that's what I had. But I never knew it. I never really thought about my experience on The Price is Right as a signature story. Interesting. And when you talk about signature story, I've heard that before. Is there, does a speaker only need one? Do they need a couple of those? What do you often tell speakers? Yeah, I, you know, good question. I think a signature story is, it's a story that differentiates a speaker. It, it, it's a, it has a universal message. It carries solutions to common problems that people have through the messaging of it. But it's also a way to engage, connect with the, the audience. So whether it's one or two or three, I, I think what's most important is that you have, you know, one particular one that you're known for. Because I'll be quite honest. There's, there are times I get emails from people that you know, they, they saw me speak a year or two ago. In fact, this happened just last night. Um, a woman came up to me and said, oh, you're that guy that was on, on Jeopardy, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, price is right. And she goes, I remember you from two years ago. You spoke at our annual meeting. She didn't remember my name. We bumped into, their, into each other at a, at a networking event, but she remembered my story. Interesting. Interesting. 
Well, okay, let's say a, a speaker has that signature story and they've uh, maybe lived through some of the things you have where they've had some good coaching, they've watched others, now they're, they want to speak professionally. Can you actually get paid to speak professionally? Absolutely, and uh, I, I do it full-time. So my, my, um, my publishing company is more of a, a, a labor of love. <laughs> I love helping people write books because they can leverage books with their speaking. That's one great way for a speaker to, to double their sales or double their speaking fee is, is literally to have a product like a book. But getting paid to speak even without a book, uh, I mean, that's how I got started. So hmm. I think there's um, lots of different ways of doing it, uh, lots of different systems and styles but what's most important is that a speaker know they have, they have to know what are the industries and the associations that their speech is designed for to, to at least get started. Okay. And that is a great way to at least start because those groups meet, they've got annual meetings, trainings, training events, all, all, all sorts of things that they, they, um, you know, are looking for speakers for, but um, a speaker has to know what are, what is my industry that's most suited for me? That's my niche to at least get started. Okay. So let's say a speaker's chosen a niche. Uh, they, they know maybe some of the associations. What are the meeting planners of those associations or companies looking for most? I'll keep it, I'll, I'll keep it pretty simple. They're looking for an extraordinary speech. I mean, they don't care about your demo video. They don't care about your website. They don't care. You know, they care that you can deliver expert content you can design it well, you can deliver it well, and that the people at their event are going to find value while they're being engaged and entertained. So, you know, that all, when, when you cut the onion on that and you keep going to the deeper core, the deeper core, the ultimate core of that onion of a great speech and what meeting planners look for is, is ultimately just an extraordinary speech. Hmm. And I, I, yeah. And I, and I find that, uh, you know, that, that's where people wait in line to talk to you afterward. Every presentation I have, if I don't have people waiting in line, if I don't have spinoffs and referrals coming from that speech, then I did something wrong. I don't rely on a meeting planner to book me. I rely on my meeting planner to help me deal with leads and inquiries after I speak. <laughs> Interesting. Well, you're saying it's about the delivering a great speech. So any tips or tricks you can share on how you develop content to deliver such uh, great, uh, great speech. You know, vision like you know, planning, planting a seed, you know, a great speech is not designed overnight. Um, you're going to repolish that. You're going to change it. You know, I've been doing the prices right for about 15 years. Not any presentation does that, does that story come out exactly the same. So I think you, you, you have to continually work, continually find ways to, um, to really polish, polish the speech, but there's, I'll give you four. And for the listener, I'll give you four really quick elements. Number one, you got to have a story, you know, cause for example, think about, it. I could get up and drop the best quotes of all time by Martin Luther King, Lincoln, whoever, by the third, you'd be pretty bored. Like, all right, we get the boy, we get the point motivation boy. <laughs> but a story, a story is your message. And it, that's what connects to the audience. Number one, it's a story. Number two, um, you gotta have, you gotta be a good speaker. I mean, you got to be engaging. Now there are different types of speakers. Uh, I'm more of a motivational entertainer. 
you know, I, I, I do have some expertise, but I think sometimes there are speakers that they're not so much on the inspiration, but they're really great on the content. But either way, you've got to have the content there. It's got to be engaging and, and have value. Um, and then, well, and then two more ones that are really quick. Number three would be your call to action. What is it you want the audience to do as a result of listening to you? And it has to be something that's not abstract. It has to be almost concrete, something they can remember. And then lastly, number four is when you design your speech, as you're looking at your content, how are you framing it in a way that it can help people solve a problem they're dealing with? What I've found is a lot of speakers, they just talk. Hmm. They get up, they share their – and I, I mean this was me for years. I didn't realize that I was more talking than I was engaging. But when, when, now that I design my speeches around helping them solve problems that they deal with in their industry, it – you know, my, my speaking exploded once I started doing that. Interesting. Well, I, I appreciate those four points, and I think they're very uh, valid, especially the call to action, but I like the last point of solving a problem. That's brilliant. So that leads me to think about as uh, a professional speaker or anyone who's delivering a speech, could be a business leader, there's some things that aren't fun <laughs> in the business. Uh, what would you say is the least fun in the speaking business? Whew. Well, it's all about perspective. Um, you know, the, the speech that I make, you know, it might, I might be on stage for an hour, but it took me years to develop it. Or, it, and just for that event alone, you know, the people did not see that I had to try, maybe drive through the night, deal with, deal with uh, all sorts of, you know, airport issues, perhaps, getting a room a car. I mean, that, that one hour keynote required 36 hours of time. <laughs> and then, you know, and you're going back and forth. Um, I, I enjoy the traveling. I find ways to enjoy it. Um, you know, the next week I'm, I'm, I've got a couple opportunities where I'm speaking outside the state and, you know, I'm, I'm going to see friends in those areas that I haven't seen in a while. So people might find, not find that fun because it's travel and time away from their family. But I think any business has got aspects to it that aren't necessarily enjoyable, but they're part of the process. Okay. So I think with speaking for me, it, you know, it's, it's, it's just part of the deal and I'm, I'm okay with it. So for me, it's all just about perspective. Great advice. Thank you. Any secret uh, tricks or tips or something you'd like to share with our listeners who are trying to improve their speaking business? Secret tricks. Here's what I would tell the listeners. There's really no secrets. I mean, you can find like if you if anybody listening to this would, were to send me an email and want to chat on the phone real quick, I'll share you. I'll share with you anything I know. I will be transparent with you. It's more about strategy. You know, there's I don't think there's any secrets to the business. It's just it's it's also about or it's more so all about strategy and surrounding yourself by people who are doing it. Number one. I do recommend anybody out there, if you're just getting started, get a coach, talk to somebody who's doing it, not a business coach, but talk to a speaker coach because they will be able to share with you a lot more of the specifics behind it. And then also know that your business is speaking. It has to have different elements than just speaking. Like you have to have various other revenue models to earn your, earn your speaking fee, whether it's consulting, your books, your coaching, um, additional workshops, webinars, it, it, it can really be overwhelming, but you have to have some of those additional spokes on the wheel. Um, and then one last thing I would say would, would be this. 
you got to speak for speak for free until you get the fee. (laughs) I mean, you got to keep speaking until people are asking you to speak because otherwise you're not, you know, people, it's, it's, gosh, I, I, uh, Makes I don't know sense how to explain it further. So that's good. I like that. Uh, Kevin, obviously you're in the business of coaching others and uh, in your number four of solving problems, if folks wanted to reach out and connect with you and ask questions, how can they do that? Absolutely. So my website is kevincsnyder.com. Just make, make sure you spell Snyder, right? Like the pretzel. And then my email um, is kevin at kevincsnyder.com. And I put out about a weekly email with some speaker tips. So if, if you want to get on that email for those listeners out there, just ping me a little note. Fabulous. Kevin, this has been great. Thanks very much. And as I like to say to all our speakers, see you on the stage. Now let's hear what Alan Hoffler has for us in our Millswick Minute. Today's speaking tip is about why you shouldn't tell stories without a purpose. We've talked about the importance of stories many times in this space and others. Stories rock, stories roll, and stories get remembered. But stories should not just be a way to fill time or draw attention. Stories on the stage for a professional speaker should have a point or a moral. They should lead to a destination. Whether you say it or not, oh, this story doesn't have anything to do with our talk today, should never be the reality for a professional speaker. It tells us that you either didn't think it through or trying to fill time or you really don't care what your audience gets out of your talk. Certainly tell stories, but make them have a point that applies to your message and that particular audience. I'm Alan Hoffler, and this is your Millswick Minute. Thanks, Alan. I always try and make sure my stories have a purpose which is why I encourage you to join us for our next K5 podcast, where I'll be interviewing Holly Buchanan, who overcame her fear of speaking in just one session. She's now a professional speaker and CEO of a consulting firm specializing in marketing and selling to women. I hope you can join us. To listen to all of our podcasts and learn more about our guests, go to key5podcast.com. That's K-E-Y and the number five, podcast.com. And remember to enter your name for a chance to win a copy of Alan's book, Presentation Sin. At the end of every month, we're giving away a book. So go to key5podcast.com today. Thanks for listening. This podcast was produced by your local studio. For more, go to key5podcast.com.